0: Um, We're pretty close to having our rooms done, which is exciting. Thank all of you again that came. And and so we're just constantly working uh, to get done. So now we have scheduled this, what we're calling this reunion time. And it's not just a reunion. It's other people that are going to come and be with us. Um, We're just looking forward to a really good time. So it's going to be the 30th, the 1st, and the 2nd, 30th. 29th the 30th and the first, whatever. The end, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, end of September. So, get that right. Uh, And so we got friends that are coming. Some are coming from California. We got other people that are coming. Roderick and Gina. They said they're coming from. So uh, we can get up and say, hey, want everybody from Kansas or uh, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas City, Missouri, to uh, stand up. Want everybody from I think Tim Stewart and them are coming. Nathan, everybody from Tennessee, stand up. Wow. You know, we can go through all that. But I think it's going to be a really good time. So we're just getting all the planning. Um, Haven't for sure decided just exactly, you know, we may have some special guests in to to do some singing or preaching. I haven't really. I've been just a little busy, just a little busy. But we're going to get that. It's going to be a good time. So uh, next Sunday, don't forget, next Sunday is a picnic after church Sunday. So that means, you know, come prepared with uh, whatever you you and your family want to eat. And, um, so we do have, I think we should have it plugged in by then. We have our warming oven. We got that in. In fact, we've got all of our appliances. We're going to start on the kitchen. Brother Austin's going to have to lead the way on that. I don't know how to build cabinets. He does. But, uh, so, And all you brothers that have, have signed up to work outside in the yards, you roll up here this morning. It looked beautiful, didn't it? I think we ought to give them just a hand of appreciation. Right there. <clears throat> and uh, they just do such a beautiful job. It, it looks so nice. Have people sending us messages from all over. Um, one, uh, one of my friends from California, he just kind of watches, he says, I'll tell you what, that is such a beautiful place, but he said, I love it because your people all work, all your church people, they work at it. And so that's exactly right. And so we thank each and every one of you. God bless you so much. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles ready this morning, we're going to go to the book. I, I feel like I'm a little, little loud and I, I don't want to overpower here this morning. Um. Powerful, but not overpowerful, all right. Uh, John the Tenth chapter, I want to read a couple of verses, very familiar, but i'm I'm dealing with this in another passage. and uh, just just felt like starting here, John the tenth chapter, and I'd like to read verse one and then we'll go to verse ten. but truly, truly, I say to you the one not entering through the door into the sheepfold but going up by another way that one is a thief and a robber I just need to stop right there and say this we all know this but we're going to stay on it there is no other way it doesn't matter how many preachers act like there is, and you know, is is Jesus the only way? Well, He's the best way. You're of the devil. You're just that's, that. answer answers of the devil. He is the way. Coming up in any other way, trying to get into the kingdom, the sheepfold, the kingdom. Trying to get into the kingdom any other way, you're just a thief and a robber. That's all. So let's go down to verse 10. And this one we all know pretty well. The thief does not come except that he may steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just ask you right now to move on our hearts. We ask you, Lord, that what we've got to say this morning, unless it's anointed, it won't reach to the heart, just reach to the head. But Lord, we pray, God, that you would just cause a stirring in us, some things that we already know. Lord, we just need to go over it again. We need to go over it. We need to see some things. I just pray, God, that you would just illuminate our heart, touch each one of us, Lord, and minister to each one of us. I pray that your spirit, oh God, would just cause us to have just a quietness within sight of us that you would deal with us, minister to us. I pray that we don't throw it over our shoulder to somebody else, but minister to us this morning, we pray, amen, and amen. The thief is coming. We sing a lot of songs, we hear it said a lot, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I was a little boy in church. And that's exactly what they said. It's exactly what they preached. They preached it a lot then. How many remember? How many were in church, let's say 50 years ago? We got a few. And, and uh, sorry, young ones, you weren't there. But we heard a lot about Jesus is coming. Amen? And I'm uh, I can remember so many things about. A lot was said about the the Antichrist and the 666, you know, in in the book of Revelation, the number 666. And and they would take the names of people and ascribe Roman numerals to those names. And I, I mean, there wasn't hardly anybody that wasn't the 666. I mean, it was just rare if you weren't by the time they got done. But that was supposed to be a sign that Jesus was coming. So we had all these people, Antichrist. And when the nations get together, you know, when they, when they all join together and then, I know, I know you've heard that. That's a sign the Lord is coming. I'm not sure. You know, I've never preached that. I've never, I've never felt like that would actually help the church if we keep preaching over and over that Jesus is coming and we're going to guess it when that is. Because between then and then, and now there's a whole bunch of things going on the lord is coming we don't know when we're not going to preach when but he's coming he will return the second time Can everybody say amen and at that point it's 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 good it's over it's done finished but and so but we're dealing with between right now and that event, when the Lord comes down out of the heavens with a shout. And and we can, it's not wrong to look forward to that. We just don't know when that's going to be. And so between now, right now, and then, the Lord is coming. But I, I've got to tell you something else. The thief is coming. I said this a few seconds ago. He will not quit. And the Lord's kind of had me on, you know, sort of the subject a little bit, but... But he's not going to quit. He is still going to try to come. So the Lord uses this this physical truth uh, to relay a spiritual truth. He talks about sheep in John 10, but then there's other places where he says this. If the owner of the house had known when the thief was coming, he would not have allowed that thief to break in and steal his stuff. I feel that same way. Um, Wow. There are a million larceny, burglary, robbery crimes that are reported in the U.S. every year. That's a lot. There's only 340 million people, so one out of 340 chance... That you're going to get robbed, burglarized, or somebody's just going to steal your stuff. So this works out really good for little Rodney. Last night they broke into his truck. I've had it happen. Man, just aggravated me to death. I they they broke in my truck. They they broke my change thing. Took my change. What, what made me madder than that? I had some Pepsis and some good stuff in the back seat, and they stole that. But just feel violated, you know. People take things. It's just so. But it just it just happens all the time. Robbery. When we look at robbery now, now let me say in the scripture, robbery isn't just at gunpoint or sword point that they hold you up. We think of that sort of like robbed on the street. Someone sticks a gun in your, you know, and and. Uh, but they can run by and grab your purse, and grab your wallet out of your pocket when you're not looking. Um, and. The, the word here, robbery, has to do with all of that. It's just basically just taking that which is not yours. It's stealing. The thief comes, what, to steal and kill and destroy. The Lord also said, an armed man is strong. I like that. You don't see that exactly in the King James Version, but that's, that's, that's how it is in the Greek. An armed man is strong. And so we've got a lot of strong brothers here. We've got some here this morning. I see they've got some, some arms on them. And, and uh, that's okay. We're good with that. That's okay. But he can only be robbed by somebody stronger. So he says, first, you have to bind the strong man, right? You bind the strong man, and then you have access to overpower him and take what he has so we know well that the thief that's talked about here in the 10th chapter of, of John is the devil. It's Satan. It's not, you know, he's not talking about, even though he uses uh, physical things to talk about spiritual things here, he's talking about the devil. The devil is the thief. The devil is the one that is responsible for coming and destroying and taking. And so the Lord is exposing him as the thief who just has one agenda. He wants to take what you have. It's the word plunder. Plunder is like taking the spoil from a war. When they captured a city, they took all the stuff. Um, that's what we would call plunder. But also down to a household called plunder. So Posing as Athaliah, which we talked about a few Sundays ago, he was and is the killer of the seed. But if he can't kill you, he at least wants to come and take what you have and strip you down. And he is a kleptomaniac. He loves stealing. You see, a kleptomaniac is a person that can't help themselves, they just take. They steal uh, when it's easier, you know, and they have a pocket full of money. They go in the store and they take something anyway. It's almost like this challenge to take something that's not yours. It's, it's something wrong in the, in the head, right? Amen. And, and, and so this, this clip to me. But this is, this is where the devil is. See, a thief wants to take what you have. He wants what you've got without earning it. Because everybody here, you've earned your stuff. You put in your time, you worked hard, you, 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 know, you bought your house, a car, different things, you're paying on it, and, and you have certain possessions that you really like that's, that's in your home, and hopefully, you know, most of us have them locked up in a safe where we might have some, a collection of things, things that are precious to us, and they may not mean too much to other people, they're precious to us, but the thief wants to come and get what you have without working for it. He doesn't want to pay the price. He just wants to steal what you have. And I believe this is just describes the devil completely. He just wants what you've got. Without earning it, without putting his labor and his back and his sweat into it, he just wants to come by and pick up, take away what you have. Matthew the 6, chapter 19, verse it warns us to not lay treasures in the earth. If you lay treasures in the earth, there is this possibility that it can be broken into and stole, right? And that moths and rust or time can decay it. Um, what was precious now is not, you know, time and, and, and rust and things is getting to it. Um, you all know that about your cars and you paid a lot of money for that car. And boy, it didn't take long until... You know, you got a little bent dent here and a bump there and then look under there a little rust is going on and, and moth and rust. Laying up treasures in the earth is not really going to advantage you very much even though I think we should save a little bit for hard times. Everybody say amen to that. But laying up our treasure. No, he says lay up your treasure where? In heaven. Because where your treasure is there your heart is. It's very disheartening to somebody get in your house and steal your stuff. Very disheartening. So we don't lay our treasure, our heart, in the things on the earth. We lay our heart in the heavenly things. And so in that way, they can't be stole. They can't, the thief cannot get to treasure in heaven. Thank you, Lord. The thief can't. He has no access To get you, lay up treasure in heaven. How do you lay up treasure in heaven? I wonder about that. I think a lot of it is, is what we do in the kingdom for the Lord. What you do for the Lord in the kingdom, the devil can't mess with it. He can't take it back. He can't tear it down. He can't creep in and steal that because it's already laid up in store. So in your case, in our case, in each individual case that is here this morning, your spiritual enemy, the devil... And his imps just want to see you spiritually destroyed. See, well, you know, I heard a song the other day, and, and I believe this. You can't cross the bloodline. You know, y'all have heard that. You can't cross the bloodline. I'm not so sure I found that in the scripture yet. Because the attack of the devil comes right straight at you. You can say, Well, this is the bloodline. Now he cannot, he cannot cross your salvation. That's that's only you can give him access to do that. But he certainly is going to attack you, even though you are saved and love the Lord this morning. I want you to know that each one of us, none of us are exempt from the thief. Man, wouldn't it be so wonderful if. We live—it's called utopia. If we lived in a country where you didn't have—you didn't even need locks on your doors. Nobody's going to take anything. Wouldn't that be beautiful? It'd be beautiful in the spirit too. Live in this spiritual utopia, where I don't need to watch out for anything. I don't need to watch out for the thief. No one's going to come and take what I've got. But you would be sadly mistaken. For he has sworn out against the church. He has sworn out against God to do every bit of damage that he can possibly do. And if he can't have it, he doesn't want you to get it. You ever know people like that? The Scripture says rejoice with one another. When one's rejoicing, rejoice with them. When one's sad, be sad with them. When one gets something good, rejoice with them. Well, you know, I didn't get it. No, no, no. Didn't you? You're missing. We rejoice with each other in good times. Come on, say amen. That's, that's what we do as a Christian church. Well, well, some people get an advantage, somebody gets a new job, somebody gets a new this, that, the other, something, somebody is blessed in some way, and, and somebody else says, Well, I just didn't, you know, I've never had that happen to me. And maybe the Lord's gonna keep it that way until you rejoice with somebody else. But If the devil can't have it, he's going to try and take it from you. So I want to look at this a little bit this morning and uh, just pray that the Lord just just stirs your heart. What would the devil consider spiritual treasure that he would be after in our life? What what is it that he would consider as spiritual treasure? I I like the, the word of that one Henson song that said, I'll never be over the hill. It was there sin's power over me was taken away. The Lord actually took the devil's power over you away one day. He does not have power over you. He has power to come. He has power to influence. He has power to try to steal But He does not have power over you. You are not a sinner any longer. Somebody say amen right there. He has no power. Once we were under Him, we were subservient to the devil. And even Jesus said, looked at some people and said, Your father is the devil. It doesn't mean they were birthed by the devil, but he's the commander. He's the one telling them what to do. And at one point, there's no one sitting in this place right now that hasn't heard the enemy's voice commanding you when you were lost, when you were in your sins and trespasses. He was the one directing and helping guide that sin in your life. And thanks be unto God, we have been delivered from His power. He doesn't own us. And he's mad because we've been delivered out of his hand. We don't do the deeds according to his dictates any longer. Does he come and still suggest it? Oh, he does. But you have the power not to follow him any longer. In your flesh, in your old way. Paul said, we were at one time, we were those things. Yeah, we were following Him. We were doing what everybody else was doing. But thanks be unto God this morning, there's a little church full of people here this morning that have been delivered from the power of sin. You don't have to sin any longer because Jesus delivered you from His power. That makes, that makes him mad. He has lost control. He's lost a hold on every christian and he's out to regain his control over you you think about slavery a little bit i know it's a bad mark on on our country but goes way way back none of us own slaves none of us are responsible for any of that but it was a bad mark in history and those slaves the greatest fear for those owners is that one of their slaves would slip away and get away. And you know all about that. They would run and they would try and find him. And all that whole thing that happened... But it was a value to them to have in control those slaves. I'm going to tell you what, the devil, he loves to control people. He loves to have slaves. And when they are delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ, he's not laying down. He's taking his dogs and he's going after them. But the thing is that we have been set free by the power of Jesus. We don't belong to Him anymore. You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would he consider that spiritual treasure in us to be what John 10 10 said life and life more abundant life here that's good and clean and healthy and strong and pure you get up in the morning and you're free you go to bed at night you're free all day long you love the Lord. You're walking before Him and, and doing the things that you need to do. But but yet there is in you this life and it's life more than what the world has. It looks like that they're having fun, but they're going to have remorse over that fun. But you, my Christian friend, you have freedom in Jesus Christ and life. That life is more abundant in you. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. But now... You who were dead are made alive in Jesus Christ. And we have life. They're working in death. Somebody said dead men walking. That's what we were. Walking in sin, you're a dead man walking. But when you find Jesus, you find life. And now not only life here, but life eternal, life everlasting, life in the heavenlies. And whatever that might be, I just personally don't believe it's gold and silver and a a bunch of stuff and houses to live in. I don't really believe that. But I believe in the presence of God is where we want to be, in the presence of His glory, somewhere around His throne. And I believe that because we have a promise that not only life here, not only life, uh, good life here and living and enjoying life here in freedom and goodness, but a life that is eternal In Jesus Christ everlasting in the heaven. It makes the thief mad. He doesn't want you to have that. Because I'll tell you what his end of his filthy living is. It's going to culminate in him being cast into the lake of fire. And he's looking at us this morning. And saying they've got it made. And I'm coming after them. So, you know, we're preaching to a point here. Hang on a little bit. It's not all doom and gloom. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit of God. Of which He is completely void. He has no righteousness. He has no peace. He has no joy. So he's coming to get yours. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's a robber. He has no goodness in him. He lives in misery. I don't like being around miserable people. They have an old saying that misery loves company. I'm miserable. So I'm going to make the people around me miserable. And we'll all be one big happy family. And the devil, is he's got to be miserable. There is no peace in him. There is no joy for him. There is no righteousness. He doesn't know what righteousness is even about. Way back in time, maybe in his beginnings, there was a taste of righteousness in him, but he fell to his demise and he will go to his damnation. He will not know the goodness of God. He will not know what it is, righteousness, peace, and joy. But you, my friend... This is the fruit of the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God in your life. You should have righteousness abounding in you. There should be peace in you. And there should be joy of serving Jesus Christ in your life. See, we have everything to gain. The thief has everything to lose. Paul, by his wisdom, and now I want to get to really where I've been driving to. The book of Colossians, and if you'd like to open there, you can. If not, I'll just read it to you. But the first chapter, Paul writes a thing, and I'm not one of those that believes in eternal security. I don't believe you hit the altar one time and you're good to go we had an old drunk man. You all know him, Lee. He was at the park. He'd drunk all the time. We never saw him one time. He wasn't drunk, except when he got hit by a car, and I went down to see him. He was staying at the mission, and he wasn't drunk. He was actually a nice man. Talked with some smarts. But he's drunk every time. We tell him, Lee, you need to find Jesus. Oh, no. He said, I already got my ticket punched. I don't need that. When he was a kid, a long time ago, he went to an altar and prayed, and and that was good enough. And now he's going to be a drunk the rest of his life and he's okay with God. Paul writes something here that, that I think is, is, is going to be just absolutely diametrically opposed to that. The 23rd verse of the first chapter. And let me start at the 21st verse. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by evil works, but now he reconciled In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and without blame and without charge before him. And then verse 23. If. Everybody say if. If is a conditional word. One thing combines with the other and the if is in the middle of it. And so it stays there. It's not coming out. We're not bringing it out of the text. It's going to stay and remain right there. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and not being moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard proclaimed in all the creation under heaven. So there's this. It gives us hope, right? That if we continue on, To where God has called us and brought us out and ministered to us and, and blessed us and reconciled us in His body on the tree. If we remain in that, if we continue grounded and settled and remain in that faith, that gives us hope. There's real hope right there. There's hope. Listen, I'm not going into life expecting to fail. I'm going into life expecting to stay rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. But this scripture also gives hope to the thief. That if there means that it's possible that he can move you away from the gospel which you heard. See? So that's why the thief is still active. Because that if is there. Don't cross the bloodline, but if you do not stay rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, the thief has opportunity. Then, come on. Nobody's saying it. Nobody's saying a whole lot of amen here this morning. But, but you know, you have felt the thief. You've you've felt him come by, try and steal what you've got, and that's why you know this is a serious matter. If you stay rooted. And grounded in Jesus Christ. And so I love this because it gives us hope, it gives the enemy some hope, but it gives us hope that, hey, greater things are going to happen, that, that we're going to continue in this thing, and, and and the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed in us. And so, but I want to go read um, I want to read the next chapter because the second chapter in the eighth verse. And this this is the verse that I want to look at here because it says, Watch that there not be one robbing you. So there's an if. The if is, there's a possibility, you can, be, you can be robbed. Why would I need to watch if I'm living in utopia? Don't need any locks on the door, don't need any weapons, don't need any protection. I'm strong enough that in myself, I don't worry about it. But I'll tell you this, the devil is stronger than your flesh. And so you have to remain rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ or He is the one that can overtake you. Oh, no, man, I've got my weapons. I'm strong. I'm going to make it. Everything, Everything's going to be good. No, not unless you're rooted and grounded in the gospel which you have heard. And so this if comes into play right here. We see the thief. There he is. He's in the 8th verse, 2nd chapter. Watch that there be not one robbing you and taking you taking your things taking the godliness out of your life and, and the thing is here too is he is speaking to the church he's not he's not talking to the world the thief's already got them he's already cleaned out every good thing in their life he's talking to the church we need to be aware can everybody say amen we gotta be aware that, that thief and that robber, he hadn't quit yet. He's still trying to come in up another way. He's influencing people that way. And so we watch. But then, then, I, then I saw this, is that he's not just robbing you at gunpoint. He's not just robbing you, digging through your house, busting a window and getting in. But he has some different tools. And this is the directions that he's, he's going to use against the Christian people, against the church, robbing you through, number one, philosophy. What is philosophy? Philo-sophia. The love of wisdom. If you get too smart... He's going to rob what you have through the love of wisdom. I've seen it happen. I've seen people just get so where they knew everything. They knew all the Scripture. They knew all the stuff. They knew what God would say and what God would do and what He wouldn't do. And they had it all figured out. They had all the philosophy in place. And really that was just a tool of the enemy to rob the basics from you, which you have in your life, and and take out those good treasures of wisdom and knowledge of God in Jesus Christ. I've seen us go beyond. I've seen people go beyond. And looking for other treasures. Looking for other things. Looking for, for things beyond Jesus Christ. And using philosophy to get there. And doctrine and dogma to get there. And it's just a tool of the thief. To get you away from the Lord. The original sin. The original sin was philosophy. The devil said to Eve, You don't know, but you will. God just wants to keep you from knowing. But when you eat of that fruit, your eyes will be opened. You'll understand the knowledge of good. And see, this was the original sin. Do you think that he has dropped that ploy? Is he still coming in with that same thing to deceive, to take, to steal? What you have, oh yes. The next one is through empty deceit. Empty deceit is nothing but a pack of lies. Empty deceit is nothing true. It's nothing built on concrete. It's nothing factually. It's just ideas that people have. It's just nuances that are there in church is just folks that that think they know they think they have they got this idea and so my idea is as good as anybody else's idea it's empty deceit don't be fooled by that you need to stay rooted and grounded in the gospel wherein you were saved empty deceit brings doubt questions any Christian person here this morning ever had to fight questions in your mind? Oh, it's the devil. He's bringing lies, empty deceit. There's nothing good in it. It's not going to bless your life, but he's going to bring it to try and steal your mind away, get those questions in there, get those doubts in there, those fears in there. Jesus said Satan is the father of lies. He's the father of lies. He'll tell you one thing that looks good, but it's empty deceit. And then the next one is, according to the traditions of men. Now, we have to watch this one in church a lot, because it's the handing down of the same old dysfunction of the past. It didn't work back there, but yet we're going to bring it in here. The same old stuff that was failure back then, and and that's what I learned, and that's what I did, and... I have for for so long have dealt with people that they got something when they came to the Lord and somebody taught them something and they're not letting go of it and they're going to traditionally keep it. They're giving it to their children and their children's children. And it's not according to the Lord. It's according to the tradition of men. It comes from the thief. Because with the tradition of men, He can deceive and spoil and take away the things that God wants to do in your life. The next one is according to the schematics of the world. The thief is coming with the schematics of the world. He's already got to the church. Let me tell you, friends, church is not a business. We are not going to run it like a business because it's not a business. There isn't anything about a church that's business. Sure, we need to pay our bills. Sure, we need to take care of that stuff. But this church is not a business. This is a spiritual home. This is a spiritual place. This is not just a physical place. That's just a sideline. It only allows us to come together and the Lord to minister to us in spirit. We're not here for the physical thing. We're here for the spiritual thing. It's not a physical house. It's a spiritual house. But the schematic of the world says... Church is a business, and believe me, it is multi-billion dollar business in the United States of America. Church stuff. God forbid that we would use the schemes of the world and put them in the house of God. Because when we do that, the thief has come to steal what we really had and what we needed in the church. The world says make the gospel politically correct. And by God's help we are not going to do that even a tiny bit. The world says we need to accept everybody. Jesus said this is exclusive. If you come up any other way you're in league with the thief and the robber there is no other way to come in except through the lord can you say amen so we say no we we, we just need to love everybody we need to love you cannot love people into the kingdom i have come to the place where i suddenly realized over the last little while that i've tried and tried and tried i've worked persuaded tried to talk people into serving jesus it's not going to work It never works. It will never work because that is not the transformation. The transformation is this birthing by the power of the Spirit of God in your life. It has nothing to do with the schemes of the world. Well, if we just include everybody and make them feel good, if we can win them, then we can win them to the Lord. Baloney, I'm not winning you to me. I'm trying to win you to Him. You don't need me to get to Him. All I'm going to do is preach the Word of God and you come face to face with the author of the Word of God. The scheme of the world, the scheme of the world will allow the thief to walk right in the door. But we're going to keep him out. Say amen. And so it says all this. Let's read this verse complete now. It says, And watch that there be not one robbing you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the elements or schematics of the world, And not according to Christ. I think we're challenged with, do we really believe Jesus? Because everything we know physically, everything we know in the world says, he's not trustworthy. Don't believe him just another religion it's just another opiate of the people you don't need to believe him look look at that person they trusted him and look what happened to them and the world is not according to Christ philosophy is not according to Christ tradition is not according to Christ he stands alone in what he says No one is buddying up to him. Government is not buddying up to the Lord. He stands all by himself. And then he says, you need to do it according to Christ, not the elements of the world. You see, the enemy wants to stop you before you get to the next verse. If he can stop you through philosophy and empty deceit, If he can stop you through the elements of the world, if he can stop you just before you get to the next verse, he just, the thief come in because what's going to happen in the next verse. It will overtake him. It will overpower him. He cannot in any way have an entrance if we can get to the next verse and not allow him to steal away what God has done in our life because the next verse, it is plain about who we are and what we are if we are in Christ. Here we are for all the fullness of the Godness dwells in him bodily. That even touches the physical realm now. If it didn't say bodily, Soma, then it would, we'd have a disconnect there. But you're in a body. Everybody here that's in a body this morning say amen. If you're not in a body here, then we got what Well, we do have a lot of seats of people are here, that, but they're not here bodily. No, no, no. Somebody said, I'm there in spirit. No, you need to be here in body. Bring your spirit with you, right? We are here, all of us in body. And the fullness of the Godness dwells in Him, bodily. And then it says, and you are, and having been filled, you are in Him. And He is the head of all authority and rule. You are in Him, having been filled. All the fullness is in Him. And you are complete in Him. What does this mean? The word here is play Roma. It, It means that you are full to the brim in Him. If you're full in Him, the thief has no capacity to get in your life. If you're not accepting, if you're full to the brim, and we talk about this, you take a glass, and this is what Pleroma means, is that you take a glass and fill it to the brim. And and I don't know if you know, I I used to do this to my kids, and they hated it, but they'd want milk, and I would pour it until you can pour it until it's over the top. You have to be really careful, and it's it's like crowned. But as soon as you move that glass, it pours out, and then they have to clean the mess up. They never did like that, and I always thought it was funny. But that's really the picture of Pleroma. You can't get one more drop in there. And that's what it says. And you are complete in Him. Because there's no room for anything else. Just Him. And we we are filled and complete in Him. The thief has no room then. He cannot get in if we're complete and filled in Him. And so I want to let you know this morning that sometimes and it says the scripture goes on and says be filled with the spirit and then it'll go on and say be filled with the spirit that's not a one-time come down and speak in tongues thing it's a thing where you get before god and you stay filled with the spirit grounded and rooted in in the lord where you were saved in where you were washed in where you were brought out of the world you have to go to that andrew crouch said take me back lord take me back to where i first knew you because it never changes. You never go on the place, go from the place where you were born again in. We might go on in doctrine, we might go on in understanding, we might go on in wisdom in some places, but you never will leave the moorings of where Jesus Christ filled your life. And so we go back there and we revisit that and we say, God, I need you to fill me. Again, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be half filled. Don't be one time filled. But every day filled with the Spirit of God. Complete. Completely filled in Him. And so now I'm going to say this. And I hope you understand me. There is no room in your life to receive another person of God because you are completely filled in Him. So I'm not going to take the message, well, you met the Lord Jesus and now you need to meet the second. No, no, I'm filled. There's nowhere to go. My cup is full. I can't put another drop in it. Because I'm completed and filled in Him. I have no capacity for anything else in my life. I have no capacity for any other person in my life. Because I am filled in Him. Filled. Filled. I wish I could say this morning that upon that feeling that you're not going to have to fight the thief anymore. But I can't say that to you. Because he knows if. And if says the possibility of he can try and wiggle his way in. That's why we must stay filled with the Spirit. Can you say amen? Say, so God, Lord, fill us all human vessels, Lord with your spirit inside of us, Lord. Because the thief is coming. The thief is coming. But the end of this verse, and I love it, But Jesus said, but I've come. But I've come. I've come. (laughs) See, he knows what hour the thief is coming. You don't. But he does. He's greater than the thief. Greater is he in you Than the thief that's in the world. And he knows when the thief is coming into your life. He's trying to affect you. And so we run into him and hide. But... But we have to hear His voice. The sheep, the sheep hear my voice. They come into the fold. We have to stay in Him in order that we defeat the thief. This one is so much greater than the thief. The thief cannot overrun Him. The thief cannot overtake Him. The thief does not have weapons to bring Him down. He is the Most High. He is the Most Mighty. And He is on our side. And He is with us if we are grounded and rooted in Christ Jesus. Can the church say amen? And so knowing this, knowing this, we must learn submission to the higher. We learn submission to Jesus. Without our submitting to the Lord, the thief has entrance. He comes to steal what you got. He wants it. You come to take the joy out of your life. You come to take the peace. Peace out of your life. If he can, he's going to get the righteousness out of your life. But greater is this one. Can you say amen? So we we just submit to you, Lord. We submit to you and the thief cannot break in and steal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've come that you might have life, have it more abundant. Would you bow your heads with me right Because the Lord says to me in prayer that there are some that have been feeling the effects of the thief. He's come to steal. He's come to destroy. But We identify him this morning. Jesus identified him. We identify him this morning. And now there's a time of submission. Submit your hearts to God. Because the thief doesn't have any entrance if we submit to the Lord. And so this morning I want to pray. I want to pray with the church. That the enemy, and when the enemy comes in like a flood, it's not. He's coming. The thief is coming. He may be already at your door. But we submit ourselves to the Lord. Not my way, Lord. Not my thinking. Not my deal. Not but yours. I want you to have your way in my life. I want you to have your way in my life, Jesus. I want everybody, if you would, just a moment of silence before the Lord. Would you close your eyes, bow your head? I don't call for this a lot, but <clears throat> if you feel the thief has tried to come and steal, trying to steal your joy, trying to steal your peace, your righteousness, trying to get in. If you feel him battling against you, it seems like you can't get over it. This morning, I just want to redirect all of that for you. That Jesus wants to, wants to touch your life. Jesus wants to touch you this morning. But we have to submit it to him. I let go of it. Turn it over. Turn our life over. We've got to go back to the place where you originally touched us, Lord. And, and there I submitted everything. I left everything. I left the world. God, and so I leave all those cares at your feet right now. Would you say with me this morning, you have felt the thief come and he's been, he's been barking at your door. But you want the Lord to just touch you right now. You want the Lord to just minister to your life. Would you raise your hand right now? Just raise your hand. Amen. God sees every one of them. It's not for me to see, but it's, it's the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You can put him down. See, because that's his job. But the Lord's got something that he does. He said, the thief comes, but I have come. And Lord, if you're here this morning, he has no entrance. And so I'm going to believe for each one of everybody, raise your hands this morning. We're going to pray. There's so many here this morning. Raise their hand. I want everybody to raise their hands right now and say, Jesus, Lord, I pray right now. God that thief he comes lord but there's times that he comes and then then he tests and he tries and he tries to bring down and he tries to destroy and take what we've got in our life he tries to displace us he tries to discourage us he tries to make us feel empty and void but lord you're here this morning god you are here you said jesus said i have come and lord jesus you have come to destroy the work Of the enemy and so i pray right now i pray for each one that raised their hand that thief has got to stand back he's got to get back he's got to he's got to submit to the power of jesus christ and i pray a blessing i pray peace righteousness and joy over this congregation this morning everyone that raised their hand everyone that's been fighting a battle i pray right now in your name jesus lord that you would come to the rescue Lord, that you would rescue lives this morning, Lord. That you would stop the thief in his tracks, Lord. Drive him away. Drive him out. In the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. And we give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe you're going to make him back off. You're going to make him back off.